Morning, everyone. So I'm taking a deep breath, having just been two, two days with the conference, and not, you can tell from my voice, I'm not 100%, but that is um, when we're weak, when we're strong. Um, so it's a warm welcome to everybody. It is always a privilege. It is always a privilege to stand up with your own church family and have the chance to just share your heart with you. And that's what I'm going to do this morning. Um, I guess it's a warm welcome to anybody who's online from the church, who's a visitor. I'm going to do a very specific family-orientated words today. Um, it'll have the taste of the conference in it, I guess, and you should expect that. But on the other hand, it's more, what has our journey been on like over the last, over the last year to 15 months? And I want to talk to us about, well, where are we? Um, Nigel, in a wonderful way, has stolen my thunder by talking about singing a song that this is a thin place. Um, and we have the authority to declare that. Nigel and Joe, as church leaders, have the authority to declare it. Jesus said, whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Oh, I better start my clock. Hang on. We'll get into trouble here. So I've got to teach, I've got to preach, I've got a family chat, I've got to bear my heart, and I'm going to ask, where are you? And as somebody said to me this morning, you're going to use that word again, aren't you? More. You're going to use that word again. Um, and uh, you may not have noticed it, but we sang a song we sang at the conference that had a line that profoundly blew me away. Just now and again... A line in the Bible, a line somebody says, something you hear just goes whack and really hits you. And the line was, we are more than we've become. We are more than we've become. And, and that's, that is the message, I guess. We just sang it in a song. It leapt off the page. I got the conference to read the words of that verse. I just felt it was so significant. And I guess I'm asking you the question, if we're more than we've become, what are we then? You know, what, what vision do you have in God? So I'm going to take you, I, I couldn't work out the graphics. Um, it's a shame, actually. I, I nearly got it green letters. It's meant to be very similar. But I wanted to call it Renew the Return. Renew the Return. Um, because we did renew. And I think it's time to go back there. I'm... I'm I'm a cynic, I'm not convinced we can teach the church once, or you can teach me once, and I get it. Um, I'm, I'm of the firm opinion of my mentor, the church needs to hear something three times before they finally get it. Do you know why? Because they realise you really mean it. Okay, we, we often do that, and, and I'm including myself in that. So let's, let's dive into this. It's a journey, it's a teach, and you, you know me, don't me? There's going to be a decision at the end. We're going to have a prayer time together at the end. So go on the journey with me, church family. If you're a visitor, or if you come from the conference, you're probably in the same way and in the same place that we are. This journey, a lot of people going on, you know. Um, if you don't know what Asbury is, and I don't know much about it, it is a place in Kentucky, America, where God is showing up powerfully and people can feel his presence in a physical way and people are getting excited about it 
Um, I've had a sense, and I'm hearing lots of prophetic words, that there's a wave coming. And all I can say to you, I am not prophesying revival, okay? I'm not somebody who's going to prophesy revival every year, but there is something coming. There is something coming, and we need to be ready and hungry for it as a church family. It's for all of us. It's not revival. It's more of God for you. It's more of God for you. Okay, so let's go on our family journey. And if you're a visitor or a friend, enjoy the journey. I mean, we, we went through a lockdown period. Um, I called it, uh, I've talked about it as a post-COVID period. I'm not sure what post-COVID is, but I know I'm post-lockdown. I know I'm post-lockdown. And that kicked the stuffing out of us. It really did. Um, and we've come back and we've missed being together and it's great to be together again and it was church was weird online in many ways although Julian and I have carried on a zoom online life group and that is working really well for us we learned another way of connecting um, and it was quite interesting we came back and Nigel and Joe recognized with the leadership that we need to take hold of this and get back to where we were and we did a renew series which is I'm calling the renew you might remember this and we were encouraged that there were specific things that God had laid on Nigel and Joe's heart for us to get back into. We'd lost our edge. We'd lost our way. They weren't where we were meant to be, you know. And if you've been sick for a long period of time, it takes time to get back to full health. And it's recognizing that we need to do that. A commitment to Jesus, community life and relationships, understanding our calling, vision and purpose, and the expectation of the Holy Spirit's presence and power. Um, and that's where I want to go back. I want to go back to that. Because the thing that's coming across to us as a church family, um, and for me, the worldwide and in Asbury, it is about the presence of God. And actually, if you dig in to, as, and talk to Nigel, he'd be good on this. If you dig into our history with Wimber, he went on and on about the presence of God. And it was a quiet presence. It was a gentle presence, but it was a powerful presence. And he went on about that. So that's where I think we're going back. Our journey went on. You're not going to forget a focus on fasting now, are you? We remember that one. There's, it was called fasting and feasting, but I was never sure quite where the feasting happened. Although I did my best over Christmas to make sure it did happen. But I remember the fasting. But it was funny. We caught it. We caught the fasting and the prayer. Um, and I, I came to you and I said, I think it was the 20th of November, and I came to you and I said, I'm the fourth session on fasting. And I said, fasting's about being hungry for more. You don't do fasting unless it has a purpose. It's not sort of thing, oh, yeah, I'll do some fasting. Yeah, I'll be really good. I guess if I'm conscious of my weight, it might be something I'm thinking of, but I call it something else. But that fasting did touch us, and we started to dig into it. And it was God saying, you need to get into this because something is coming, and you need to be hungry for it, or you will miss it. So I gave you, and I finished my talk, and I remember finishing my talk delightfully. And I'm being really honest with you guys, because I finished with it with, do you want more? And at that moment, the grace of God fell upon you and Paul and Joe rushed the stage before I could demand something from you. 
and that was good because it just hung there for us. It wasn't the right time, but I think the time is now. And then nothing to do with me. I didn't know what was going to happen, but Nigel started the year really powerful, talking about the fire of God coming down at Carmel. And it was like, hang on a sec, I've only just got into the new year. And I'm waking up slowly, and it was bam, and here we are. And, then if, and I don't know if you remember, the sort of, it was the funny thing, he was talking about fire, and the next minute we could hardly hear him because of the rain. And you got Paul down here going, blow, I needed the rain next week because I'm speaking on the rain. The next week, this is wrong. So I'm like, well, does that mean we're getting fire next week then? I wasn't sure. But that's, that really is, hang on a sec, no, 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 we're doing this. We're doing this. This is our leadership standing up here saying, no, 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 this is it. Fire of God, rain of God. Both powerful symbols of the power of God and the presence of God. So where am I going? Where do I think we are? I'd like to take you to Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 8. Because I'm caught up with a promise that Jesus gave the disciples and gave you and I. Um, and actually, as a little bit of a kid in me, I like promises, you know. And I, I learned with my children, um, and well, um, I think Julie will tell you I didn't, but hey, I tried to learn with my kids. You don't tell them they can have an ice cream unless you're going to give them one. And if they badger you and you fold... Because they've asked mum and she's said no, and you say yes. They'll hunt you till you do. You don't make promises you don't intend keeping. And we're talking about our Heavenly Father. And he went for this. He went for the ice cream without me asking. Therefore, my understanding is I can require and request this. That's my understanding. Um, I like the words will. So let's dive into Acts 1, 4 to 8. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They never really got it. He had to leave before they really got it, but bless them. And here we go. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father set by his own authority. Verse 8. Write it down and put it on the wall in your house, please. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Quick translation, the Mark dodgy version. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Winchester, Hampshire, UK and to the ends of the earth. You will, you will receive power, it's a promise. And what we're doing at this time is I believe we're engaging with what God wants to do, but he needs us to play our part of wanting it and being open to it, that we will receive power. Now, Nigel introduced us to 
definition of an apprentice, which has become a theme in our teaching and has been really, really helpful. JMC stands for John Mark Comer, because it's important that he gets the credit for this. Um, and the, de the definition of an apprentice is that he's somebody who wants to be with Jesus, be like Jesus, and do the things that Jesus did. And I want to remind you that you can't do any of those without the Holy Spirit. I want to remind you that you can't do any of those without the Holy Spirit. You can't be with Jesus. That is the power of salvation. That is the power of salvation. You can't be like Jesus. I can try on my best days and I can hold it down, but eventually I snap and can't keep it up. Being like Jesus is something that the Holy Spirit has promised to do in us, and that is transformation. That is something that the Christian faith has that no other religion or faith has in the world, that the Holy Spirit is capable of changing you to be something that you weren't before. Setting you free is what we call about it. We talk about freedom because Jesus came for freedom. But what it's doing is it's setting you free so you weren't like you were before. You weren't anxious. You weren't fearful. You weren't sick. You weren't held down. You weren't chained by oppression. You weren't stuck in depression. The freedom means you weren't like you were before. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. And the last thing is to do the things that Jesus did. Um, I'm not sure incarnation is exactly the right word. Um, but I needed something that rhymed. An incarnation is about Jesus being present. And for me, for you to move in the power of God, as I said to the conference, quite encouragingly, you can't do it. You cannot do this. Only the power of the Holy Spirit can do it. But the power of the Holy Spirit dwells within you. God is present in us. He is incarnate in us. We tend to associate incarnation with Jesus coming at Christmas. God present, but he is now, we are, we are the gospel in those senses. So, okay, I checked out if Vineyard agree with this. Ooh, we got a statement of faith, didn't know that. We believe that the Holy Spirit indwells every believer in Jesus Christ, and that he is our abiding helper, teacher, and guide. We believe in the filling or the empowering of the Holy Spirit, often a conscious experience for ministry today. We believe in the present ministry of the Spirit and the exercise of all the biblical gifts of the Spirit. We practice the laying on of hands for the empowering of the Spirit, healing and recognition empowering of those whom God has ordained to lead and serve the church. That's well and truly in our statement of faith. Uh, and there's a lot of other good evangelical Bible stuff in there. Now, normally at this moment, Mark jumps straight into the power. A bit of a pain like that. He's just on about power and power and power, okay? But I thought we should, in the balance, look at both of the powers of the Holy Spirit because one of the powers is to be like Jesus, to be changed, to be like him. Romans 8, 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and fathers. God has ordained that we will grow up to be like our dad. Bottom line. And the only thing that can stop that is you and me. And we do have that power. 
But he is seeking to change us to be like Jesus. There is an ongoing problem. Predestined means it's going to happen. Now, we can get into arguments about how holy you can be. Um, Unfortunately, when we get to heaven, that's a clear-cut decision. But there is change going on in us through our lives as we, uh, we let the Holy Spirit work with us. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18 says, And now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. That's quite an important verse, because it's black and white about we're being transformed to be like his Son. But to stop you and I going, I'm being transformed from being not good enough to being good enough, which is the trap, it goes, we're going from glory to even more glory. And it's important to pick that up because you start getting to the transformation and the enemy's immediately on your case. Whoa, this means you're not good enough, so you need to change. We're back to salvation by works. Do not go there. We're being changed from one degree of good enough, to another degree of even better. Okay? We've got to stay with the Bible teaching on that. That's really quite important. What are we talking about? What is, I go on about the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit are quite important. What are we being changed into? Now, this undermines church life a little bit, okay, so I do apologise, but we're not being changed into better welcomers, better teachers, better evangelists, Okay? The fruit of the Spirit is in Galatians 5. What God wants to give us is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and the miraculous self-control. Against such there. That is what God wants to grow in you. It's called the fruit of the Spirit because it's the fruit of the tree. And that is part of the power that we are looking for in our lives, that only the Holy Spirit can do. So before Mark goes off on one about his gifts of the Spirit again, let's recognise there's this other very important work going on in the church. And what the church needs is more of his presence in the changing process. And we, you know, we as a church are very fortunate to have streams of hope, which is part of taking that power and applying it into extreme situations. But day to day, the Holy Spirit is at work in us. We need his presence for that. However, Mark can't resist going back to power to do the things that Jesus did, which was the third part of the apprentice. Um, We covered all of these in Renew Part 4, if you want to go back there. I did Renew Part 4, and I talked about gifts of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 12 Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater than these, because I'm going to the Father. We haven't seen that yet, okay? That doesn't mean it isn't true. And I'm calling you, and I'm asking you, and I'm pleading with you on God's behalf to be hungry for it, because as it comes, it will be released in us. It means we have to go to places where we try and it doesn't happen. Not everybody gets healed. This is hard. I've often, I've often thought that um, I, I'm, I believe the gift of prophecy is something God has given me. 
But I really admire those people who have a gift of healing because my, my hit rate in prophecy is really quite high. So it's not something I have to face failure and disappointment in. But the healing hit rate's not that high. And yet God, these people carry on growing and learning and seeking. And that's what we're trying to do together. I quoted you Acts 1 verse 8. Jesus also said it again in Luke 24, 49. And now I will send you the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in this city, Jerusalem, and the Holy Spirit will come and fill you with power from heaven. That's what you need to know. God's promised that he will. Remember, this is the promise of the ice cream. You can bank it. He will fill you with power from heaven. Jesus wants us to do the things that he did. So, we then had the conference, Equip and Ignite. Why did we have Equip and Ignite conferences? Okay? I think to annoy me and to delight me. You see, we planned the Equip and Ignite conference back in May last year and got the date in the Vineyard National Diary. And then, wonderfully, they decided it was time. And this is prophetic. It was time to really seek more of the Holy Spirit, his power, both in being like Jesus and doing the things that Jesus did, those two powers, because we've ticked the box on salvation, I hope, already. If you haven't ticked the box on salvation, please give your heart to Jesus today. He will forgive you, accept you, adopt you, and make you part of his family. And that transformation and freeing process will start to work in you. Having ticked those boxes... We've got the be like Jesus transformation power and we've got the do the things that Jesus did power of incarnation. And if you read the website small print, it said the following. And this is in advance, remember, they planned this last year. Through a series of weekend events across the UK, we're excited for Steve and Cindy Nicholson to train our churches in kingdom ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit. And then our movement added the following sentence. Our hope is that those gathering will both re-equip our movement for kingdom ministry and ignite a renewed passion in us for the work of the Holy Spirit. Delightfully, they came to put their four conferences in the diary and they found us already there. So they went from four to five. But it's, it's still the same heart. In many ways, we've found ourselves in the same place with our whole movement, the Vineyard Movement, saying we want more of the Holy Spirit because that is what God is doing in this season. In another season, okay, you need to say, Mark, no, 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 we've done the Holy Spirit. He's now doing something different. You can't keep going on about it, okay? I get that. But I think we're on the page here with everybody on this side. It was Friday and Saturday, and it sold out. Well, that shook us. That was my complete lack of faith. It sold out. That means we had to exceed 350 people in this building, including the prophetic team, the servants, and everything. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of hunger. That is a lot of hunger. It doesn't matter whether you were there or you're not in one sense. It's our long-term church family journey together that's more important. And we sought the presence and the power and just to rub in how old I am, 
we focused on the under 25s and I felt completely left out because really I couldn't get under that one. We're really reaching on there. Although I did tell them I thought I looked young for 67 and it was, it was a mixed response, I must admit, on that side. Okay. Okay. Bear with me for a moment. Okay, this is the tough bit. Okay, a word from our sponsor. A word from our sponsor. There are times in prophetic ministry when you're not allowed to share what you think or you feel. Sorry, sorry. Your job is to share what God wants to share, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not. Um, and this is not a heavy thing today, but it is a serious thing. So that's why I'm sitting here, because these, I felt, are not really my words. They are not a prophecy, okay? But don't hear them as pastoral. Hear them as what your Heavenly Father, I believe, is saying to you. We need to be united in this. We can't go forward unless we are. Doesn't mean everybody has to agree. Two visions don't work. We have to have one vision. And the word for two in the dictionary is die. And so if you have two visions, you have division. And that isn't going to work. And there's nobody here who wants us to move on into what we believe God is saying and really upset somebody or leave somebody behind or make them so annoyed that they leave the church. But the power of God is very capable of doing that. It's divided Christians down the century. I may feel very comfortable moving in prophecy, but I've got friends who are in churches who don't believe in any of the spiritual gifts and will get very offended. I mean, back in the charismatic movement in 1977, Julie and I were effectively put out of church um, because we spoke in tongues. That's how it happened. Now, our attitude wasn't very good, okay? There were those who had it and those who didn't have it. So, you know, it's not a one-sided story, and we learn a lot of lessons about pride then. But the house church movement, which we moved into in the late 70s, grew dramatically, and in time, all the churches became very symbol. So we, we're asking the question, who's in charge? Now, up until the conference... My chat with you was going to be, well, is it the congregation or is it the leadership? Who's in charge here? But Steve Nicholson completely blew that out of the water. Because in his testimony, he said, God came to him as the church leader and said, you have to let go of your church and give it back to me. So I can do with my church what I want to do when I want to do it. He was frighteningly honest. He was frighteningly honest because he sat there and said, but what if I don't like it? But what if I don't like it? And, and you know, you know the answer. There is no answer. There's this silence, isn't there? There's this silence when you say to God, but what if I don't like it? So I probably would have come to you and said, look, there are those of us who are not keen on noise and there are those of us who are not keen on quiet. 
And there are people like me who like really flexible meetings, and there's people who like organized meetings. Um, and there's, there's many other differences. There are, you know, there's people who like noisy manifestations, and there's other people who like quiet manifestations. I mean, it's quite interesting that the little I've read about Asbury, it is, is a very quiet experience. And people, people are saying on the internet they can feel God there physically, but the only way they can describe it is it's like a thick air. Well, I don't know what that means. But it's keeping people in the room for hours and hours on end. If people go to a meeting for nine hours, something must be happening because you just can't do that. Who wants to do that? Okay. So I've had to change all my notes. I've had to change all my notes after yesterday. Because really, speaking on behalf of our sponsor, are you willing to let go of your church and let God do what he wants to do? whether you like it or not. Now, I think there's a real issue there. I think it's not as difficult as it sounds. Because I think what's happening is my mind is filled with all the things that God might do that terrify me. And that, sorry, my friends, again, I have to share with you what Father's saying. That is the lack of trust in your Father. If he's the God of love, you shouldn't be fearing that. What it says in the Bible is, if you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts, how much more would your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit? Okay. Now, on the way, on the way, if somebody gets released of a demon, it's going to get a bit noisy. Sorry, that's just the way it is, you know. And there's some people who've been traumatized as childs. And when that breaks in them, it, it, you know, they can make a noise and roll around. Having said that, there are going to be excruciatingly quiet times when the presence of God is so strong you don't want to move. Noise isn't a sign of God. Silence isn't a sign of God. They're indications he's around and moving. But what it's going to be like, I don't know. I don't know. I just know it needs to be him. Diversity is, is a PC subject in our world. And God is a God of variety. I mean, he's the worst source of diversity I can possibly think of. He has created human beings, so not one of us is identical amongst the billions. And uses phrases like, you know, the scientists will tell you that no snowflake is identical to any other snowflake. I mean, he's that picky. He's that picky. So it ends up with the last line. We give our church back to God, which I think is what he's asking us to do and asking you to do. We have to trust the people he's put in charge of it, which is Nigel and Joe and the leadership. We have to trust them that they have the wisdom to know what is right, what is God, and what isn't God. And when we're a bit anxious about it and say, this is God, we're going to go with it. And when we're uncomfortable with it and they go, this is not God, we're not going with it, we need to trust them. Because they're in a really tough position we're going places we've never been before. Okay. So, last slide. Where do we go from here? <coughs> the church, I believe, needs his presence. The church needs his presence. And there are some um, Julie was reminding me in the car this morning that Wimble was very queer, clear. We don't seek his power. 
We seek his presence because through his presence will come his power. We need his presence and his power. We do. But for me, the presence is the emphasis for the church. And out of that, knowing God is here is easier to be more uncomfortable with what he's doing that we may or may not have experienced before. It might be the same as it was before. I just don't know. If I go to God and say, what are you going to do? I just get a wall of silence. All his answer is, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's his standard answer to all my questions. I will never leave you or forsake you, which he hasn't done down the years. So our response, I think, is to press in. Keep on doing what we're doing. We can't make this happen. I can't tell you if what you and think is going to happen is going to happen this month, this week, this month, or this year. I don't know. But we need to keep pressing in for it because it's what God intended and what I believe is in this season on that side. The world, I think, needs his power, his spiritual gifts. So we need to step out. And what we're doing in stepping out in healing and in prophecy and in praying for people. You remember the fivefold ministry? Can I pray for you? Fivefold ministry? That's what we need to be doing out there, seeking his presence in here and seeking his power out there. God wants us to be his representatives Monday to Friday, at work, at home, in the shops, wherever you are. Let's not make this a sexist thing. It's both for men and women. Uh, it can happen in the playgroups. It's time for us to step out. So, watch this space. At which point I have to admit, well, I put testimonies with a question mark, that I don't like the curse of the new sheep where you're always, what are we going to put in the new sheet? Have you got any testimonies? But there's a lovely lady down here who is religious about getting testimonies from us. And if we are to grow, we need you to tell us when it worked to encourage all of us on this journey. Because without those testimonies, you and I are going to dry up in weeks and months. We need those encouraging testimonies. When God moves in your life, how little or how much in your own mind, but you sense it was God. My neighbour actually listened to me. Um, one of the things I loved um, at our previous church was one of the people said, I'm not interested in whether they got saved or not. I'm interested in, did you take a risk? And the fact that you went and shared the gospel with something is a testimony to share with us. If you prayed for somebody to be healed, it's a testimony, whether or not it happened. And that's the journey we're on. So I think... To start, despite it's not my thing, it's God's thing. We will need those testimonies, is the truth. And Jo has been delightful, delightfully annoying in her persistence of doing what's right for us, whether we like it or not. So please don't feel awkward when there's a push from the front. Are there any testimonies? Because we are honouring God when we recognise he did move in my week. Something did happen. You know, when you get a prayer answered the week later, tell us. Let's share this together and encourage each other on the journey. Really was lacking quotes this time, so I grabbed this one from John Mark Comer. We must discover the joy of conviction in a culture of compromise. Our world just wants to compromise. We need to be convicted about the power of the Holy Spirit to change you to be like Jesus. 
and the power of the Holy Spirit to enable you to do the things that Jesus did and be convinced about it. This is not an area of compromise. The world wants us to compromise. The world tells us we're barking up the wrong road. There are churches telling us it won't happen. But it is what God is doing, I believe. So where does Mark go from here? Well, I really wasn't sure till I came in the car and I felt the Father saying, church, it's only going to happen through prayer. Everybody I know, the Pauls of this world have researched all the, all the revivals, and I'm not talking about revival, keep telling me it's about prayer. We've got to pray about this. So let's pray. So can I please now encourage you to make a lot of noise, move around the room, and break into groups of two to four, and pray for God to come in his presence. Okay? I think Joe might gather us together again, but spread around the room, get out your chair, pray what you want to pray. What do you want from God? You pray it together, and let's call upon God together as his family, please.